Welcome to the Washington Union Alliance Church Podcast, an archive of our recorded sermons. We're a Christian and Missionary Alliance Church located in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. For more information, go to wuac.org. It's a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord, first of all, one more time. Um, I, do, I, I do count it a privilege and an honor anytime, um, not only that I preach the word, but especially here at Union Alliance. You guys have been so kind, so good to me um, and my family, and it really is. I thank you. Thank you. I thank your pastor, Ms. Absence, for even considering me to come and share with you, and that's what I'm doing. We share together, and um, I don't take that as a light thing. So thank you all. It's so good to see your faces um, you know, even in the midst of, you know, so much that's going on, and even in our announcements, as um, our dear sister Breast um, has already in the presence of the Lord. Now, I, I, I know, I know, I know that sometimes there's a tear in one eye, but you'll see a smile on my face because she, she's already where we're going to be. And, you know, in the presence, the Bible says that um, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. How many people are glad that you and I have a promise from God that even death can't hold us to this realm that you and I see this, this sight, sound, and smell world that we get so used to in this body. I know we do. We really enjoy some of us maybe more than others in some things, but I am so glad that you and I have a promise, and that promise isn't from any man. That promise is from God, and I don't know why. Please forgive me. I didn't intend to go here, but just seeing that picture and seeing our dear brother get moved, it moved me because I know that um, we all must go that way. And guess what? We shouldn't be afraid either. We shouldn't be afraid. And, and so more than that, I think as we walk in this life, it's, it, it's one of the things that I think that God impresses on our heart to make sure that every minute counts. Every minute. Every time we smile, you kiss that dear grandchildren of yours, or every time we say hi to a neighbor, every minute counts. Amen? Amen. So again, it is so good to see everybody. Um, There is a word from the Lord. I will be taking um, my scripture. I'm going to take these off. uh, Now my my vision (laughs) has gotten to the point. uh, When I went to the the eye doctor the other day, they they asked me, uh, did I want the, the glasses with the with the readers, with the cheaters down at the bottom. And, you know, rather than, you know, they keep going like that and maybe my neck would start hurting and all that, I, I said, you know what, no, I'll just, I'll just take them off when I have to. So sometimes you just see them in my hand and I just got to keep putting them back on every once in a while and take it back off. It's, it's a whole thing I, I do, you know. I, I know nobody here has to go through that, you know. <clears throat> you know, the blessing of living in this life, you know, what a... What do you do? I tell you, it's a, it's a privilege. Oh, now, my phone would be the very time that I would use it. This isn't fair right now. This is not fair. Oh, no. 
I tell you, last time, my dear sister, I was going to ask her again. And I was like, oh, no, she probably won't go for that twice. Like, okay, guy, you need to bring your old Bible here. Uh, but um, Colossians chapter 4, um, if we can, I'm going to use two scriptures today. I heard that you guys have been going through the book of Colossians. Is that right? Have you guys been enjoying that, Pastor Landon? Amen. Amen. So I'm not going to, you know, not going to take, you know, take too much. But I told him, wow, okay, I'm, I'm kind of there uh, myself with some of the things that God has been showing me. And um, so that was, that was exciting for me to hear that you guys are all already there. So that the half of my message is done. So we'll be out of here in about five or ten minutes. Is that all right with you? All right. <laughs> Since you've already been studying, you know. Yes, indeed. All right. So Colossians 4, and then we'll go to Matthew, very briefly at the beginning, Matthew 16, um, very familiar scriptures of passage. But we want to talk about, if we can today, effective prayer. I want to talk about effective prayer, and I want you to repeat this after me. I know whose I am. Let's say it again. I know whose I am. Yes, yes. So effective prayer. We'll, we'll revisit that. I know whose I am. That's very important when you and I talk about effective prayer. So let's, um, let's read just a little um, in Colossians 4, starting at verse 2. Just two verses here. Um, and I'll be reading from the... Um, New American Standard uh, Version. This is how it says. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well that God would open up to us a door for the word so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way that I ought to proclaim it. Amen. And if we can, can we switch real quick? Those have our Bibles here, Matthew 16, and starting around verse 13. This is what it says, and you'll see how we'll, we'll kind of work with both of these. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, very familiar scripture. It says, now when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. And he said to them, but who do you or yourselves say that I am? And that bold one, Simon Peter, answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon, Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, 
but my Father who is in heaven. And I also will say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower or prevail against it. You know what else I'm going to do? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Our subject this morning again is effective prayer. I know who I am. Can we pray real fast? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for this space that you have allotted and allowed us to be able to gather and come together. Thank you, God, that you have not only given us the spirit, but God, we thank you for the union and the alliance and the unity of the spirit of which you have blessed us all with that we come together in your name, God. So God, while we're here, we pray that you would touch everyone who's in attendance, including the children, Lord, as they are learning the way that you would have them to go. And so, God, we thank you for this word, and we pray that you would bless it again and that it would guide us and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're talking about effective prayer. Anybody that wants some ice cream, I tell you, and I'm, I'm, I'm very tempted to just shut everything down and we can all go and learn this ice cream series because it sounds good to me. Sounds sweet to me. I tell you, I almost told them, you know what? I don't even think I should do anything because, you know, if the kids had learned about ice cream, who are we to deny <laughs> ourselves some ice cream? Amen. Yes, indeed. But effective prayer. Effective prayer. Now, you guys have been learning. and We learn from the Apostle Paul in the book of Colossians, if you notice, from chapter 1. He has been methodically going about trying to get all of us to understand. The believers, of course, um, contextually, of course, he was talking to that group that was in the region, uh, region of Colossia. But he's talking to Union Alliance today and uh, has been talking to you guys. I'm not sure how long you guys have been on the series. But if you noticed, he has been methodically... Um, setting up in all of our lives who Jesus is, who, who he really has revealed himself to be. From chapter 1, literally all the way through the book, you'll see that this is what he's been doing, but especially in those first three chapters. You guys probably have found that out, have seen that, and heard him talking about um, his deity or the, uh, the fullness of who he is and what God has been doing in him. Um, and he begins to kind of start in chapter 1 and then leading into chapter 2. And if you notice, not only telling who Jesus is and revealing um, the things that are about him in his deity and within his nature, he then starts to systematically tell us that now there's some things that we need to do. If you remember, he started telling us, listen, we, th th there's just some stuff we need to stay away from, things and ungodly thoughts and things and 
actions and all of these things is saying, listen, trying to put order to community and family and even uh, at our jobs, if you would, as he began to start talking about, um, you know, a, a slave and uh, the master in terms of their heart and where you ought to be and while we're at work, um, the kind of spirit we ought to carry while we're there. You remember that. You'll remember that um, he also talked about that in Christ um, there is neither uh, 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 Jew nor Gentile. You remember that? He said uh, barbarian or scathian. There's, there's none of that. Um, he, he starts to break down the different distinctions that could be in society. In one other passage, I think, um, to one of the other churches, he even adds in male nor female in there, letting you know that it doesn't matter if you're a male, female, um, what race or nationality you are. You see that barbarian or scathian. Um, he just starts a Jew nor Greek. So it doesn't matter what your pedigree is, where you come from, uh, how rich or how poor you are. He starts to talk about the goodness of Christ and the goodness of God through him and the power that he possesses. Now, that's important for you and I if we are going to have effective prayer. Why do you say that, Pastor Greg? This is why I say that, because if you notice that um, all of us who have had some season in this life, you know that it seems that sometimes it feels that Everything, some of our circumstances seems to, some of our thoughts at times seems to almost go against everything that God says that he is and that he possesses, especially through Christ. You'll notice that. You, you, you'll notice that if, if you're honest with yourself, and, and, and I am honest, we can begin to look back and start seeing some of our thoughts and how they literally betrayed us because of certain circumstances or because of something someone said to us and certain things that we held on to that we probably should have let go. We say we forgave, but for some reason it still sticks in the back of our minds, some things, some circumstances that have happened in our lives. And these are the things that seem to come in your life and in my life. But what it's been doing, it's been trying to undermine who Jesus is. Yeah, it, it, it's been trying to undermine everything that God has been trying. So if, if we want status, you know, and oh God, I wish my body just looked like that and you know, and I, I just, when I, when I see my wife go in the mirror, I just turn another way. You know, I, I get my face in the book and I'm reading. So that way if she start asking questions about things, and, you know, and, well, I, I know where she's about to go. And I just, you know, I don't, you know, all the men in the room already understand. Any husband in here, you understand. Any son that's got caught up and do you think, come here. Do you, you know, it's, oh, I'm all right, you know, husband, you know, we, we get asked those questions, you know, you know those questions. I'm not going to say it here, I'm not going to say it. You already know, you know, as they begin to look in and maybe put just, you know, maybe a little something on and they're looking around and they, you know, they're, they're looking and sizing things up and, you know, they're making sure that, you know, then the questions come. But, you know, we understand that we just keep the, you know, 
keep a focus there and make sure that, you know, we're as honest as we can when we answer and all, all of that. Maybe you have to go to the bathroom or something at that time for some reason. But I'm saying all that because we recognize that at times there are things that seem to overwhelm our thinking and our place. And what it does is it causes us to almost um, uh, begin to regret, if you would, or, or be in this state of mind that we, we kind of wish things were in a different mode or way, almost to the point of being ungrateful for what God has done in our life, what he's doing, and um, what he continues to do in our life. And that's on purpose, by the way. Not necessarily by us, but I'm saying that we have an enemy that tries to get into our thinking into some of our doings, and all of this is for a good purpose on his side. The purpose is to undermine the power of God, especially the power of prayer. I'm setting this up because when you look in the two texts that I um, pulled out today and I read in your hearing, we look at Matthew and we go down, and as you saw or, or heard and saw, um, Jesus asked a question to his disciples. And the question was, who do men say that I say, Jesus, you're interested in that? You, are you gossiping right here, Jesus? You know, I don't know what he's doing, what he's thinking here. Like, you, you, you care about what they think? And I'm sure that you and I, if, you know, well, at least I'll say me sometimes, I wonder, Jesus, I know you weren't doing that. Where are you? You know, now, you know better than that. I, I know better that Jesus would ever gossip, you know, as maybe sometimes I have unfortunately participated in the uh, <laughs> view of my life, maybe from time to time, maybe very unintentionally, maybe intentionally sometimes, but it has come my way. But I, 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 I just could not believe that it would be him. I think he's after something. And what he was after here is if they had the understanding of who they really knew, if they really understood who was with them right now and who he is. And so, amazingly, as the word begins to come out, well, some say you're Elijah, some Jeremiah, maybe Ezra, you know, come again, maybe uh, uh, Daniel, maybe you came back, you know, they, they didn't know, you know, in terms of the word in the street, they're not sure who you are. And then Jesus seemed to be kind of tired of what they were thinking, and he was very much interested, as I'm sure that was his goal all along. What do you guys think? What do you think? What do you think the Son of Man? What do you think I am? And then Peter, he cries out, I, I, I know who you are. Who am I? You're the Christ. In the Greek, the Kyrios Christos. You're the son of the living God. Now, I want you to consider that this morning because Jesus' response to him was that, now, Peter, I, 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 I believe you to be a reasonable man, intelligent man. You, you, you know, there, there's probably much that you have um, endured, have gone through much, you know, wisdom, knowledge that, that you've learned along the way. I know you're just a fisherman. You're older than me, at least in the flesh. 
You know, it's espoused that Peter was probably, if not the oldest, but one of the oldest that were amongst the disciples there. It's espoused. Um, but Jesus said, flesh and blood hath not revealed that to you. But I'm going to tell you who actually revealed this to you. That was my father who did that. In other words, there's no way that you can really know who I am except that I am revealed to you. And in that revelation, you begin to understand who I really am. Only my Father, only the Spirit of God can do that. That's what he said. And so if we're going to have effective prayer, we need to know this. Effective prayer is based on the revelation of who Jesus is. When we look at Matthew again, we see that the only way that you and I could really understand who Jesus is is that God must show and partner with us or we partner with him so that we can really see who Jesus is. Now, why is that important? That's important because when it comes to doing the will of God, and what we're going to see here is that doing the will of God is knowing and learning how to pray. I'm not talking about as something because usually when uh, a lot of us, we consider prayer. Prayer is something if we notice that, you know, we can at times almost take or leave, isn't it? We say, ah, well, well, I'll, I'll pray. I'm going to pray pray for you, don't you worry. I, and, and it's almost like it, it, it's, it's a, we say it, not saying we absolutely feel that way, but we almost say it like, well, it's the, it's the Lazarus, oh, well, at least we'll pray about it, you know, and I'll, I'll keep it in prayer, you know. I know you don't talk that way, but I've heard it, you know, sometimes that, you know, we talk like that sometimes when it comes to prayer. But when we think about that, why do we treat prayer like that? You know Why? Because the enemy has been doing a very successful campaign of undermining who Jesus is. And he knows that if he can undermine who Jesus is, guess what gets undermined? It's his power. It's, it's everything that comes with what he's been trying to teach us and show us. The enemy knows whether you and I really buy into what God says the enemy knows that there is real power when we pray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about effective prayer. I'm talking about the prayer that begins to shake things up and move things, even when atmospheres are one way that some of us and some of you, I, I, I know that you have experienced times when you begin to go into prayer, how literally your prayers start literally changing what's going on around you and what's happening. That's the power that dwells on the inside of you. And who and what is that? That would have to be Jesus. It would have to be him. So notice, and you, you, you have to give it to him. The enemy's smart. He he beats us down with daily life at times. He, he allows at, 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 at times, or, or, or I think he partners with our emotions because usually that's the thing that he usually can partner with that gets you and I in trouble. Once I get angry, once I get bitter 
about something that happens. The moment I begin to get real sad and grieved, he knows he can partner with those emotions to get us to begin to start displaying things and symptoms that goes against everything that God says he is. And you say, why is that important? Because it seems, it just seems, maybe it's just me, but right at that time, it seems like prayer could really make a difference. It seems that at that perfect time is when a circumstance is going on in our life. At the perfect time, when you and I can pray and partner and believe God for something, not only in our own lives, in our grandchildren and children's lives, but in the lives of those who are connected to us and around us. At that very moment, I'm angry. And I'm angry, guess at who? Something that my wife said to me, that's what I'm at. I'm angry because my children just don't listen good. They don't listen and, you know, I, I really would like for them, they're not making all the choices I'd like. And so my focus, just a little bit, it'll start to shift. Maybe somebody can identify with that happening. But it's right at the perfect time, at the time that God would want us to pray for an issue that's happening. That all of our heart and faith isn't in it because we're too tied up into our emotions. You see that? We're talking about effective prayer, and that prayer is based upon the revelation of who Jesus is. Not only that, but watch this. Once we recognize who Jesus is, our faith grows in understanding what we can do through him. I'm going to say that again. Once we recognize who Jesus is, our faith grows and understanding what we can do through him. Pastor, where'd you get that from? Well, we just read it. Matthew 16, 18, and 19. Did you hear what those words said? He said that, I know who you are, by the way, Peter. You are, I think, I believe the word is Petros. You are a rock. <laughs> but... I'm going to give you something that is based upon the Petros in the Greek, which is a mountain of rock. It's, it's huge in terms of rock. And what is that? He said, I'm going to let you know. What is he going to let us know? He's going to let us know that my church, Peter, is going to be built upon the rock of what I'm going to reveal to you. That's why he said flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but only my father, not because you're that smart, not because you're that intellectual. No, the only reason why we even have an understanding of who God is is because he first has to reveal himself to you and I. And he said, no, you know, and I, you know, our, some, <laughs> some of our, those are the similar, those that you may not have family members, and I do family members that are Catholics, you know, rather Roman Catholic or, you know, Eastern Orthodox Catholic or what's in the Catholic Church, to, you know, and, and they espouse that um, the church is built on Peter and its secession when it comes to the authority. It's built on Peter, but if you look at the scripture, that, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, Peter, uh, you, you're a little rock. That's who you are. 
but I'm going to build my church on a huge mountain of rock. And what is that? That rock is on the revelation of who God is. Not on any man. It's on the revelation of who Christ is. That's the rock that he said the church was going to be built on, and he gives us the courage to understand that if we can understand that the church is built on that rock of who Christ is, then the very gates of hell, it cannot, not can't. I'm going to say here, cannot. In other words, there is no way the enemy, his imps, and all that is in his camp can stop the work of God in your life and in my life. The gates of hell will not prevail against him. Now, why is that important? And I know we're coming quickly to, to our end here. Why is that important? It's important because all of this time, the enemy has been again trying to undermine who Jesus is, trying to get us to... Uh, start to get more intellectual in our understanding of things that are going on and, 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 and uh, critical about the things that happened in uh, the ancient past and in different epochs of time and what God has done. All of these things, d d different uh, science and things in, uh, that we're learning along the way to begin to undermine the power of God. Only, <laughs> only someone as devious as Satan could do that. And he's been very successful at it because most of us at times, until we learn that the power of prayer is the most important thing that you and I can do because we understand what prayer can do. Why? Because of who Jesus is. And the understanding that there is nothing, and I do mean nothing, not even death, do we understand that? Death can't even slow or stop you and I or the work of God from being accomplished in our life or the lives of your family when we have this understanding of who Jesus is. And so Paul is using all of this when we're talking about effective prayer when he says devote yourselves and we're going to get there in a second but understanding that the gates of hell cannot prevail that understanding for you and I is important because the power of Christ and what he can do the power that he possesses and that now we possess that's why at the beginning we stated together I know whose I am some of us, if we're honest, we admit that there have been some circumstances, some times where our head was maybe a little lower than it could have been because of some things that we've gone through and have gone in and things that we don't fully understand why certain people have been removed from us from the earth or certain circumstances that have happened in your life and in my life. And at times, our head can easily be bowed down. Even, I dare say, sometimes depression sneaks itself in, but I'm here to let you know and to encourage my own heart, and that's in this, that if we understand who Christ is, then you and I then begin to understand who we are in him. 
And so that's why the moment we understand who Christ is, it's through him that we begin to get this understanding of who we are. And who are we, by the way? Paul said in another scripture that we're more than conquerors. That's who we are. Who are we? We're the ones that have been left for dead at times, but yet have many resurrections without having the main resurrection that we all will have and, and, and translation that we'll experience one day if he cracks the sky right now while I'm speaking. I'm talking about how God continues to renew our minds and renew his spirit within us on the inside when we understand who he is. We understand who he is. Now, now watch this. Watch this. Not only here in this text, 18 and 19, as you know, we, we talk about that the very gates of hell will not prevail against it and whatever we bind on, heaven, on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Here lies in the Greek, it's, 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 it's funny, it, the, the tense here that's used, whatever is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. It's the future perfect past tense. In other words, what you and I bind, now that we understand who Christ is and we understand the power that he possesses, and now the power that we possess, we partner with heaven. And so whatever you and I begin to pray about, it's just not for our own will. It's the will that heaven has already sanctioned. And so that's why. He says, whatever it is that we begin to start praying about and get our minds focused on in prayer, he said, it's already done in the heavenly realm. It, he's already performed it. That's why there is the literal future, they call it the future perfect uh, past tense. So because we know that God is Alpha and Omega, because he know, we understand and know that he's from everlasting to everlasting, in that context, it makes sense because our God is eternal. And so when you and I begin to partner with him in our understanding of who he is, when we begin to pray, we pray what heaven wants. And so that's why when we begin to pray, he said, whatever it is you start binding, it's already bound in heaven. Whatever it is you need loosed, it's already loosed in heaven because we've partnered with him. That's how powerful prayer is. And so now this takes us, and I'm closing, to what Paul was saying. Paul says, listen, after setting things up as you guys have already gone through in Colossians, knowing who God is and he's going through the different things as we already spoke about in terms of uh, in society and in our house, he says, I need you to do me a favor. Colossians 4, he says, I need you to devote yourselves, and I'm finishing here, I need you to devote yourself to prayer, keeping alert in it with attitude. Why, Paul? Paul suggests to you and I that effective prayer is valued and appreciated. When you and I understand how powerful prayer is, we value it. Not only do we value prayer, but we also appreciate it. How do you know that? Because he says, devote yourselves 
to prayer, keeping alert, being watchful with an attitude of thanksgiving. Why, Paul? Because we need you to now be purposeful when you pray. Effective prayer is not only valued and appreciated, but effective prayer is strategic and typically works best with a target. Effective prayer is not only valued and appreciated, effective prayer is strategic and typically works best with a target attached to it. You know, I've been struggling. I've been struggling in my, you know, they said that I have congestive heart failure. Oh, is that right? Oh, sorry to hear that. You know what? I'm going to pray for you. I want you to see the difference between this. You know what? Is everything okay? Everything's good? Yeah. You know what? You said, you know what? Be praying for you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. You have, like, is there, is there anything on your heart that you would really like us? Yeah. Um, nah. God knows. He knows. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not, I, I know how we work. Enemy does too, by the way. How most of us are, are, are so personal to ourselves and it's, it's, it's what I'm going through, and I understand I'm not trying to put that burden on you, and sometimes we work with that, but I'm telling you, according to God's word, I need you to hear me, guys. According to God's word, he says prayer is more effective when it's strategic. In other words, that's why he said devote and be alert, be watchful in prayer. It works best when it's strategic and it has a target to it. I've really been trying to lose weight on Asking God to help. You know what? We're going to pray for that. Anybody here, any prayer warriors in here, you'll notice not that the unspoken request doesn't work, but have you noticed that when you usually put a target to it, all of a sudden things begin to move? Notice at times the divine delay, I call it sometimes when we are very general with our prayers. But notice how it seems like some things are streamlined when we begin to get a target to that prayer. Is it just me? Well, it's not just me. That's according to his word. And so that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about effective prayer. Paul said, listen, I know I'm an apostle. I know in all this and I'm teaching you and I'm showing you all this, but this is what I need. Once you clear your mind of all the things that would try to stop you, that would try to make you think you're not that would try to make you believe and think that your prayers really aren't effective and it's not working. Once all of that is cleared out of your mind, now I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray that the work of the Lord gets done. I need you to lift up Pastor Landon like you've never lifted him up before because the enemy is always trying to hinder the gospel from going forth. He's always trying to handcuff and make us feel less than and make us believe that there's no use for us praying for Union County and everything that's happening here with our children and happening and, and the things that's going on with the teachers and the things that's trying to overwhelm the school system and you know what I'm talking about, you know, trying to literally indoctrinate our kids through social media and things of this nature. If you don't believe that this is a time, and forgive me for getting so excited about this, but I believe I'm amongst family here. There are some prayer warriors in here that the enemy's been messing with and making us believe and think almost that we have no power. Don't you know who God is? 
and whose you are because Christ is on the inside of you. I'm telling you, effective prayer has a target attached to it. Yes. And so you'll notice that Paul asked them, please pray for me. Please pray that I would be able to have a mind and strength to be able to unfold in uh, uh, the mysteries of God and what's happening. I'm talking about the mysteries of God. Did you know that your prayers affect the ability of the gospel to go forth in our community and around the world? No wonder the enemy has been fighting you and I with all these circumstances and all these mental conniptions at times that we go through because um, there's something else that we're wishing to happen. And God says, no, we can go beyond wishing. We don't have to go to any medium. We don't have to go to any illicit spirit. We have the living God on the inside of us, and our prayers are effective. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what chaos is around you like we sung this morning. Our God is able to put order to chaos. And I need to let you, and I know I'm talking to myself, that that power is on the inside of you and me when we pray. So the next time you go down on your knees or you're in your car or wherever you find yourself when it's time to pray, I need you to be excited about it. I, I need you to, oh, devil, you're in trouble now, boy. I tell you, I got angels watching over my grandchildren, over my children, over this community. So when you move and pray, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what the circumstance is and how bad it looks on the outside, I need us to understand it doesn't matter what it looks like. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning besides me, but I need you to understand that there's a power working on the inside of you when you pray, that makes your prayer effective. It's not only power, it's not only effective, but your prayer literally causes the gospel to go forth in the earth. Is that a big amen to God? Amen. amen. We thank God for what he's doing. I thank God for all of you and what you are doing um, in our community. It, it, it's not a light thing. Union Alliance is a blessing to the community of Union Township. I know that. I believe that. That's your pastor's heart. And I believe that that is the heart of this church. And I want you to know that your prayers mean much. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much.